Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Coming up, latest COVID-19 updates in the meat plants. Marts are back, but so also an increase in moves to online trading in the sale of animals. We hear about some new startups. Our Tagusk advisory this week is with Marco Sullivan in West Cork. Dairy Gold's area sales manager Edmund Curtin joins us to discuss grass and milk at this time of the year. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri news this week. Calls were made this week to reveal the number of COVID-19 cases at the Keepak Meat Processing Plant in Watergrass Hill. It wasn't known how many positive cases had emerged from fresh tests which were carried out there over a week ago. Keepak said the HSE issues information on case numbers. HSE revealed there were more than 1,000 cases in meat plants across the state, but they do not provide a breakdown of each cluster. Testing is expected to be carried out again over the coming week, with rigorous testing expected in meat plants all over the country. Health and Safety Authority said 13 of the 20 plants had been inspected up to June 4th and in addition a further three meat processing facilities not on the National Outbreak Control Team list had been inspected. Highest impact sites had all been inspected and it was anticipated all 20 outbreak sites would have been checked out by the close of business last evening. Keepak was reported to be the only one of four meat factories in Cork to have an outbreak of COVID-19. Meanwhile, the HSE is under fire for contradicting the Health Minister on contact tracing figures in meat plants. Independent TD Dennis Nocton has written to Simon Harris as he believes he was either given the wrong details or he inadvertently misled the doll. He said the figures he gave to Leinster House last Thursday week were different to the health authorities the following morning. Deputy Nocton wants the HSE to clarify the number of close contacts of those with COVID-19 in meat plants. We actually need to get the accurate figures from the HSE. And what I'm calling on the HSE to do is to publish the exact data as to the number of close contacts of meat plants employees that have yet to be contacted across this country because they pose a risk to the spread of this infection in communities right across Ireland. Marts were back in action this week after the restrictions imposed at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the Irish Farmers Journal, half a million cattle were traded through Irish livestock marts in April and May of 2019. The announcement that no livestock sales were to take place from March 13th last was therefore a massive blow to marts and farmers who had to deal with the loss of sales outlets. Some marts chose to operate tender sales and weighing services and then moved on to online sales. ICOS says approximately 1.7 to 1.8 million cattle are traded through marts. 
one and a half million sheep with an overall gross value approaching in the region of 1.6 to 1.7 billion euro in total. This, it says, is generated in rural communities from Mizzenhead to Malinhead and everywhere in between. A new online bidding system for Marts has begun in response to COVID-19. It allows farmers to bid for livestock from the comfort of their homes. We'll be hearing shortly on Farm Talk about a new Irish startup which will allow farmers to sell their cattle directly to processors online. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has advised that notifications for the preliminary checks under the 2020 Basic Payment Scheme BPS are now issuing to farmers. These notifications are issued where the department finds a problem such as an overclaim, an overlap or a dual claim on the farmer's 2020 BPS application. Notification allows the farmer the opportunity to rectify these issues without penalty. Where a farmer or agent receives such a notification, they should log on to www.agfood.ie and respond before the closing date of June 19th. Farm Talk's John O'Connor will have a reminder about this later. Drought conditions are now a serious challenge for vegetable growers. IFA Horticulture Chair Paul Brophy says growers are already suffering financial losses due to yield reductions and lost crops but producers are also incurring considerable extra costs due to irrigation requirements. And many crops need to be irrigated multiple times due to the continuation of dry weather conditions. Retailers need to recognise growers are going to extraordinary lengths and expense to manage crops and to maintain supply to their customers. The IFA chair says growers are already dealing with labour issues and extra costs due to COVID-19. Consumers are being urged to support growers through the difficult phase by looking for Irish country of origin and the board be a quality assurance mark when buying fresh produce. The Green Party has reportedly dropped its demand for a total ban on all live exports to countries outside of the European Union. The party had described a ban on live exports to third countries as a red line issue for entering government as the government formation talks were continuing. But the Irish Farmers Journal's reporting Green Party negotiators have since softened their position on the issue. Tim Cullinan, president of the Irish Farmers Association, says our standards are as high as any in the world. And so what option have we? We produce far, uh, food here in Ireland or in Europe or we import it from countries that have far lower standards than we have. So, look, I think the Green Party have to understand that the, the practice and the way we farm here in Ireland is as good and better than any other country in the world. Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association has issued a reminder to Fianna Fáil and the Greens of promises they made during last February's general election campaign. Both parties made promises that convergence of Pillar 1 payments should continue during the cap transition period. This is likely to be for two years, 2021 and 2022, providing a legal framework to ensure payments to farmers until the next cap programme commences. To ensure convergence, INHFA is calling for it to be included in the programme for government. Miss Catherine Hurley, Dairy Gold Agri-Sales Support Advisor, writing in the June 2020 issue of the Dairy Gold magazine, Milk Matters, outlines some of the key methods by which the co-op's feed range can reduce suppliers' dairy herd carbon footprint. It's acknowledged in the feature that now, more than ever, farmers are under constant pressure to reduce their farming emissions and excretion of excess nutrients into the environment. This objective of reducing the carbon footprint can be achieved by altering the herd diet, while at the same time returning profits to the farmers' pockets. 
Catherine Hurdy quotes Dairy Gold Chief Nutritionist Mr Coleman Purcell, who points out that numerous demonstrations have shown that, from an environmental point of view, the use of organic minerals increases the mineral bioavailability and reduces the amount excreted into the environment as waste product. Coleman Purcell refers to Dairy Gold's policy of prioritising Irish-grown grain for inclusion in rations ahead of all imported alternatives when formulating diets where possible. By choosing to include locally produced grains and proteins, not alone are farmers reducing their carbon footprint and becoming more environmentally friendly, they are also supporting Irish tillage farmers and reinvesting back into their own economy, Mr Coleman Purcell points out. In Miss Catherine Hurley's Milk Matters feature on Carbon Footprint Reduction Strategy by Dairy Gold, Co-op nutritionist Colin Purcell again reinforces his vote of confidence in local grain by saying that our native grains and proteins can match or surpass any feed ingredient in the world in terms of nutrient density, traceability, carbon footprint and microbiological quality and should be prioritised for inclusion in all diets ahead of imported alternatives. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue on this week's Farm Talk with the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, welcoming the recent publication by the European Commission of the Farm to Fork and Biodiversity Strategies. An informal video conference meeting of European agriculture ministers was held at which Minister Creed welcomed the two strategies, but also struck a note of caution. A thorough analysis is needed of both, he said, in the form of rigorous impact assessments and broad consultation in order to ensure competitiveness and financial viability of food production systems across all member states are improved and enhanced. Minister Creed called for accelerated delivery by the Commission of its proposed legislative framework for sustainable food systems, given the scale of the ambition contained in the two strategies. In a statement, Minister Creed also referred once again to the need to have an adequately funded cap to support farmers in what is now an accelerated process of transition to a more sustainable future. IFA National Livestock Chair Brendan Golden said there was no basis for pressure on cattle prices from the factories. Prices are rising strongly in the main export market in the UK and also across EU markets and the food service sector is coming back as the economy reopens. Brendan Golden said there was no basis for factories to try to lower quoted beef prices as all of the market facts were pointing in the opposite, more positive direction. Some factories are incorrectly using the excuse of the temporary closure of the market in China as a means for price pressure. The Minister and the Department of Agriculture made it clear this is only a technicality and the market will reopen soon. Brendan Golden said farmers should dig in hard with the meat plants and insist on more than the quoted price. IFA welcomed the proposed package for beef finishers going to Cabinet from Minister Michael Creed. President Tim Cullinan said details of the scheme and the small print will be important. In a submission, IFA said beef finishers had lost over €20 million Euro as a result of the Covid price impact. ICMSA's Dairy Committee Chair Gerald Quain says the association expects a milk price rise announcement as markets surge. It should reflect what he called a surging recovery. The price rally had begun in the last week of April and picked up pace and industry standard indexes were climbing upwards on the back of food service reopenings, normal consumption patterns being resumed and projected data from important dairy producing regions. 
All market data pointed overwhelmingly to a base price of at least 29 cent per litre, the ICMSA chair said, as the sector minimum price as indexes continue to climb and looks set to even pass the pre-COVID prices shortly. IFA said it's clear farmers can reasonably expect milk prices to improve from May milk. National Dairy Committee Chair Tom Phelan said it's based on current market trends, positive indications coming from the industry itself and the fact some processors are paying significantly more than others. Demand, which was hit by COVID-19, is starting to recover in many global dairy regions as trade resumes and economies slowly reopen after lockdown. Costs, though, are rising fast on farms due to drought and farmers clearly need co-ops to do better for them this month, said Tom Phelan. In a follow-on statement, IFA said Lakeland and Glanbia holding the May milk price must be the signal that stops the slide and marks the beginning of improved returns for farmers. Tom Phelan said the decision was badly needed to minimise damage to farmers' confidence as the drought was starting to bite. Other co-ops must at least hold their May milk price, but farmers would legitimately expect better prices from now on. Cork County Council has announced a series of webinars under Project ACT, its initiative to revitalise towns and villages post-COVID-19. The Food Safety Company is hosting a session entitled Protecting Your Staff and Customers Post-COVID-19 on Your Premises. This takes place next Monday at 6pm. It'll be followed on Wednesday next again at 6 o'clock with Be Assure hosting the practical requirements of reopening a business. These are run by local enterprise offices and places can be booked on the websites of LEO South Cork and LEO Cork North and West and are free to attend. A new Irish startup will allow farmers to sell their cattle directly to processors online. Trade for Us aims to cut commission costs and fees to those who are selling livestock. It facilitates sales between farmers and processors in an effort to achieve improved efficiencies and transparent prices. Managing Director and Co-Founder of Trade for Us is West Waterford-based Michael Broderick and he's been telling me how the system works. It is a, a new trading methodology involving a trading platform. Uh, we're a company called Trade for Us Limited. And our, our uh, website is tradeforus.com. Basically, the way it works is on the one side of, of the current, uh, if we take the beef sector, for example, and we are currently focused on uh, finished beef cattle. Uh, on one side of this transaction, you have farmers, and on the other, you have meat processors. Our platform sits in the middle and facilitates a far more efficient way of trading. It's efficient in that it, it reduces admin, but it also, from a farmer's perspective, introduces a collective dimension, which I think uh, is probably is, is, is good in terms of bringing a new dimension to the trading uh, transaction that happens. Um, so how it works is basically farmers uh, log on to our system, they register and they uh, set up an account. Very basic, uh, they... Uh, our system is connected to the Department of Agriculture AIM system. All their animal details are there. They select the animals they want to sell. Uh, they give us a few details about them, such as uh, what weight they think they are, what grade they estimate them to be, what dates they would like to sell them in between, or if they must sell them on a particular date. Farmers have bills to pay, and sometimes have, cattle have to be sold. And the final piece of information is they put on what price they would like to achieve. Now, in putting up the price they would like to achieve, uh, we supply them with current market data and the platform has a dashboard. 
on the other side of the transaction, you have beef processors who the current methodology obviously involves uh, using agents and maybe buying through marks to fulfill their requirements. So for a procurement person in a meat plant, uh, we provide basically a terminal. It's a bit like online shopping where they can sit at their desk and order 200 steers of this weight, of this grade, to be with them on a particular date, and they put in a bid price. The system then takes that order and matches it up with the stock we have in-house from farmers. And we can, if you take, for example, um, a factory, let's say, in Watergrass Hill, uh, we can, if they want to order 200 steers, because the farmer's location and what they have for sale is uploaded on the platform, we can find the closest 200 animals to meet that order on our system and therefore we deliver many benefits. Like we can therefore reduce the transport miles of the animals, we can reduce the transport costs um, and uh, obviously that has a, has, a, has a benefit as well from animal welfare and even the quality of the kill. So we have the other dimension obviously, we do bring a bit of a trading dimension to it. So. We take the farmers or the collective produce of the farmers uh, and we will do some negotiation to get a better price. And that better price, we would claim, is enabled by uh, the efficiency that we bring. We make the transaction much simpler, much cleaner. And another benefit for the meat processor actually is that once we have the details of those 200 cattle agreed and the prices agreed, we can send an electronic file on the day that the price is agreed to the factories and they can, we therefore speed up the intake process as well. So there are many, many benefits to it, Barry. And will the farmers see a big difference then, Michael, you know, with the traditional trading model and similarly for the processing plants? Well, we see, look, this is new, this has changed, this is, uh, I suppose it's a blend of bringing kind of modern supply chain techniques, bringing technology uh, and it does require change. It's a new way of doing things. it's, you know, there are a lot of relationships at play in the agricultural transaction uh, or in the trading of beef. We see this as, look, it's time-saving. You can do, you'll be able to do this on your phone. You'll be able to do it on your PC. You can do it at any hour of the day or night. Uh, and you can put up the cattle you want to sell. Uh, and uh, it will hugely, it gives the farmer the ability to, to hand over maybe the responsibility of selling their cattle to a trustworthy source and that trustworthy source will be very transparent about how transactions are are are, uh, are completed and uh, we you know we we will have an online dashboard that will show the trending prices and so on and one of the big features is you know when you go to sell cattle in any local dimension there are local factors at play This is going to be a national tool and it will elevate the price to be a national price. Um, So, you know, if you go to, and we're not targeting marks, I need to say this, we marks have a role to play in the future of Irish agriculture. We are focused on Finnish cattle. Uh, The marks will always exist in our view because farmers need to uh, see calves, cattle, store cattle and all that kind of thing. We're focused on uh, primarily... Uh, on the, the transacting of the finished beef. So it, it, it's a new way of doing things. It is going to uh, require people to adapt to it. Uh, there's a huge trust when somebody hands over the responsibility for selling their animals uh, 
to to trade for us. We're hugely conscious of that. But our motivation is to deliver a better price and more efficiently in a time-saving fashion for the farmer. And when I've outlined already, Barry, how it will impact uh, on the meat processor. Simplicity of sitting in an office and placing this information to get an electronic document to say, look, here's my 200 animals, here's the farmers they belong to. All the criteria, the movement, the quality status, the TV status, the estimated grade that the farmer believes they are, all in a sheet of paper to be then maybe passed to the hauler who can more efficiently plan the collection. And, uh, you know, we believe it's it's a game changer for for the industry and honestly. Yeah, and all of it up to spec, Michael, then meeting all the Department of Agriculture requirements. Absolutely. We've had huge cooperation from the Department of Agriculture in terms of security. Uh, We have full access to the AIM system. Uh, we're talking to Borbia at the moment about building a direct interface to ensure the quality status. And we can capture uh, all the farmers that are registered with the Borbia quality status uh, electronically and verify that directly. Um, huge, huge cooperation. Anyone we talk to, Barry, it has been really, really endorsed. And uh, we couldn't have got more help in bringing it to fruition, to be quite honest. And finally, there has been, and there possibly still is, a very checkered relationship, Michael, between the farmer and the processor. You have them both together on the one system. Do you think this is going some way maybe to, you know, engender some better trust between both sides? Barry, like, you know, I think we're all, everyone that's in tune with agriculture has seen what 2019 brought protests and, uh, you know, disjointed lack of trust. uh, And none of those things, uh, helped, I think, the overall dimension of Irish beef. Um, there were no winners, I don't believe. Uh, yet the motivations of the farmers were probably, you know, justified in their view. Uh, and there is a huge imbalance that's at play. And uh, whether it's real or not, it is a feature of the farmers' um, position as it stands. Uh, and if you look in the other direction and you look at uh, the meat industry. I mean, they're at the mercy of market forces also. So um, we believe that, you know, unless things are done differently and this is a methodology that enables uh, the payment and a a transfer of value, then uh, nothing will change. There's no point in people uh, being disengaged. And I think I believe that the platform with other features that I haven't even outlined will encourage engagement. It will solve a lot of the problems you know, the word transparency has been called out quite an awful lot uh, during the dispute. And I believe what transparency means uh, to a farmer is that when he sits maybe on his bar stool on a Friday at night or a Saturday night, as if he ever gets to go, that he knows that the man sitting beside him didn't get five or ten cents more uh, for his produce than he did. And I think we bring that dimension, we'll bring a clarity to the pricing, and we'll enable the beef processor to pay more. And as soon as people start engaging... We really believe that we can facilitate a new uh, departure in the Irish beef sector. Uh, but it, that requires people's buy-in. It requires their cooperation. It requires uh, a rebuilding of what uh, has gone by. And uh, I believe that that is fostered and enabled. And we will, in our role in the middle, definitely play a part. We will adapt in whatever way we can. You know, there are new dimensions are new developments being talked about at the moment, Barry, like, um, you know, grass-fed beef and the opportunity to market that as a hugely 
you know, a CO2 friendly product and for Borbia to take that abroad and, 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 and for the benefit of Ireland Inc. Well, our platform can flag a farmer as a grass producing beef producer and we can then therefore prove the traceability right the way through the system and endorse that and facilitate that. Um, things like that uh, will make a difference and this is a game of inches. Uh, a five cent improvement per kg in price of beef is worth 30 million to the industry. A one cent is six million. So, you know, every one cent at six million matters and it matters to the livelihood of farmers. Uh, and, you know, and it matters to processors who are probably managing uh, in tight margins also. Um, so we believe by landing in the middle, doing things more efficiently, we're an enabler uh, of, of efficiency. And just finally then, Michael, if somebody wants to find out more about Trade for Us, where will they find that? Yeah, our website, uh, Barry, is www.tradeforus.com uh, and our telephone number is 045-853494. If you go on our website and you click register, we have a very, very simple onboarding process and the more farmers we get on and the quicker we get the farmers on board, uh, the quicker we start trading in a real way and uh, start making a difference to people's pockets. Michael Broderick, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Trade For Us. The Irish Grain Growers, IGG, have again drawn attention to what they contend is the unfair scenario which allows millions of tonnes of grain from outside the European Union into Ireland and other EU member states. IGG highlights the ever-tightening control of herbicides and pesticides imposed on European Union tillage farmers while genetically modified grain, GMO, has access to the European Union, ignoring the strict regulations EU tillage farmers must abide by. Reacting to the recently published Farm to Fork and Sustainability Report from the European Union, IGG claim that our toolbox of pesticides to use is continually being eroded away, yet we in Europe compete with imports like GMO grains from outside the Union, which aren't produced under the same set of strict regulations in operation here. IGG say they want to see more research and development of the tillage sector, whose financial sustainability critically underpins the sustainability of the whole food chain and the removal of supports too from what they describe as armchair farmers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Marco Sullivan is a B&T dairy advisor in Bandon. Among the issues we're looking at in this week's topic, cash flow planning in the weeks ahead, fertiliser recommendations for the next few weeks, what farmers can do if grass growth rates have reduced. And I began by asking Mark about the current situation at farm level relating to the very dry conditions and grass growth slowing down. Yeah, so some parts have received rain and uh, some showers and they're being very intermittent at times. But at farm level, there's big variations in terms of growth rate and the level of uh, rain that has fallen the last couple of days. So I suppose the grass plant, just to intro into that, is the grass plant is in the reproductive stage and there's a lot of seed heads being produced um, just even on farm yesterday and the day before, there is stress in the plant, and there's some of that been been some of the plant bending over, and there's the blue tinge reminiscent of 2018 at the tips. Um, I suppose the cover that we say optimum covers still look quite good um, and and being cleaned out well. But just one thing I noticed, and two or three and clients ringing, uh, the covers that we say is halfway there of seven seven eight hundred covers seem to be struggling a small bit and the stem is starting to come into them um, and just the soil moisture deficit you'll probably have covered it before but in some places that's two inches um, but very very much on location and the type of soil type so the obviously the the, well, the more well drained lighter soils are going to be um, have a bigger requirement for rain and if the grass growths have reduced mark you know what can be done now just i suppose we can look back into 2018 in terms of the experience we've learned from them um and we have to act early and be proactive. So a couple a couple of points, um, and Chagas have uh, publicised some of these, so i just recap maybe. So the first thing is the whole rotation to 22 to 25 days. So in practical terms, for say for a 100-acre farm, that's four to four and a half acres a day, um, or 30% per week of the farm. So that's important to hold that um, rotation length. To reduce demand, so you can slightly reduce demand by culling maybe some of the chronic uh, cell count cows or some of the the, the the lame the lame cows that maybe might be getting the road at the end of the year anyways that's one way to reduce and I suppose second cuts will be starting to come back in um, or as if there's young stock maybe they could be moved to an out block I suppose there's two two other things the, to balance demand with growth I suppose to be proactive um, growth rates of 50 which on, on farms some of them are less but they're thereabouts from the clients I've been talking to with and predicted um, they're looking at growth rates of 50 so that will at a stock rate of 3.5 livestock units per hectare that's just grass and 4 or 5 kgs a meal will sustain the growth rate of 50 as we start getting below that um, it may be a case of upping upping the growth rate um, or sorry upping the meal um, up to maybe a maximum of 6 kg but bearing in mind the, the CalMag uh, feed rate that we don't feed certainly no more than twice the requirement. Um, so just to maybe recap what we did in 2018 with growth rates on the, on the very, very dry farms, a third grass, a third meal and a third silage. But 
I would be recommending anyone to try and go up to the five, six kgs a meal before we start introducing silage. Um, and I suppose the last point that I'd say on the on the average farm cover, Barry, the far, average farm cover, if we can at all, uh, not drop it below 500. So from research, we know that if it drops below this, we will um, impact growth and up to 20 kgs less growth a day. So that's significant over even a week or 10, 10 days. Um, and, and along with that is if rain does come, and it has come in part, uh, whether it's enough or not, um, the recovery will be a lot slower because, should we know, 50% of the energy uh, reserves of the of the plant go into producing about a, the first third of the yield. So a lot of energy goes into that first seven to ten days and trying to get that plant green, green again. And of course the hope, Mark, then would be that there'll be an acceleration in growth again. So in terms of fertiliser recommendations over the next few weeks now, how would you advise? Well, I suppose in the, in the short term, um, really our fertiliser, uh, Barry, has to be tailored to our farm growth and even to within the farm gate to, to specific areas of the farm. So if our growth are anywhere between 25 and 50, um, which would be well below normal at this time of the year, it's probably worth reducing the amount being spread. Um, I know Oshin Coakley was on last week talking about the, the nitrates and everything else, and uh, we know that from a point, if, if we don't have the growth um, and it's very dry, there's no point in spreading ex- excessive fertiliser when there's no response. But in saying that, um, we want to be ready when there is rain to, to go um, to be ready. So I suppose... Just within the farm gate, then, um, to target the biggest response part of the farm. So on the heavier soils, um, if there's wet, the wetter parts of the farm, you'll get bigger responses where the soil moisture deficit maybe isn't as big. And I suppose, going back to 2018 again, the reseeds um, really were the only things that were go- growing in 2018 um, on the reseeds. And just on that, if there is reseeds and they're struggling a small bit, even if there's weeds coming up, it's probably recommended to hold off in the post-emergence that you really don't want to hinder the grass growth and maybe um, get them back. And I suppose just the last thing, Barry, on the on the type of fertiliser, I would be recommending compound fertiliser. Um, so if you have peas and K and if you have your phosphorus allowance, to be going with um, peas and K to try and, I suppose, soften the plant and get the recovery back into it um, as quick as we can and not to forget our sulphur um, for nitrogen efficiency um, as well. And finally in our topic today, Mark, then cash flow planning in the weeks ahead, how important is that? Again, referencing back to, to 2018, Barry, milk price on average on, is back on last year's um, and I suppose with the with the COVID situation, our farm income may be um, reduced in certain farms and that's meaning that the farm has to carry more of the household costs. So, um, on average, a half a ton of meal was fed um, extra, so anywhere um, 150 to 200 euro on average back um, profits back um, from 2017. So my advice would be to just maybe assess where the farm is at at the minute. Um, looking back, to the biggest difference is going to be um, the milk price for now, and hopefully the potential extra feed cost will be only minimal compared to 2018. So assess where we are now. And I know, speaking to one of the banks anyway, there is uh, payment breaks if you are struggling um, and some of them you may have to apply in those deadlines. The one thing that's worth noting is that the original term mightn't actually change. Uh, the term mightn't change. So it's worth checking that out with your lender um, instead of pushing the, 
problem, I suppose, further into the year or into the term of the year. The last thing, Barry, just maybe on the, on the grass, um, is to be proactive and to feed, uh, to feed, feed now um, instead of later. The worst I can see is happening is that maybe bales will have to be fed back um, or that you'll have a surplus of bales, sorry. I would prefer that if people would act now, up the meal to 6 kgs, um, and when regrowths do come back, um, they'll come back that bit quicker. Marco Sullivan, B&T Dairy Advisor with Tiagosk in Bandon. Against the background of the current dry spell, it's predictable that it's a seller's market for hay and barley straw. The results of a survey published in the Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday 13th of June 2020, indicates that some farmers now short of grazing are booking hay ahead. Paul Mooney, author of the Irish Farmers Journal survey, found that asking prices are in the range of €20 to €30 for 4x4 round bales, the higher price for horse quality hay. Small square bales are being sold at €3 to €4 each. Silage bales are slower to move, with many farmers having surplus bales left over from 2019, the journal survey found. No signs of panic buying of silage as things stand. Bales from last year were found to be selling at €20 to €25 each, with some sellers looking for €30. Available standing meadow is making from €80 to €150 per acre. Farmers expressing interest in 2019 barley straw can expect to pay €20 Euro to €22 Euro per 4x4 round bale. Full report in Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday 13th of June 2020. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Tiaga says the level of interest among farmers and the number of applications was the highest to date as the latest tranche of the Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme, or TAMS, operated by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, closed on Friday the 5th of June last. Farm building contractors are likely to be busy for the rest of the year due to the loss of valuable time during COVID-19-related restrictions and the pending closure of TAMS at year-end. Tagusk is providing invaluable information on farm buildings to the industry on its website, in particular a two-page document, Farm Buildings Project Delivery. The one-page document, Cubicle Design Fact Sheet, is an effort to bring Irish standards up to international best practice. TAMS is very popular for farmers purchasing equipment like low-emission slurry-spreading equipment and dairy equipment because the application procedure is simpler than applying for a grant for a farm building. The completion date for TAMS will extend into 2022, so all building work can be done in an orderly fashion. Farm Talk on C103. It's been announced the Cork Virtual Summer Show 2020 will take place on Saturday, June 20th and Sunday, June 21st. Organised by the Munster Agricultural Society, the Cork Summer Show has been running in one form or another for over 200 years, since 1806, but this will be the first ever virtual show. Here's how Gerard Murphy of the Munster Agricultural Society announced the virtual show this year. The Cork Summer Show 2020, and for the first time in our history of over 200 years, the show is going to be virtual. This means that you can enter this show from anywhere on the planet. So to our faraway friends in Australia, North America and Asia, it's open to you. Competitions cover many areas. We're opening first classes of horses, and it goes right through cattle, pets, uh, best dressed and uh, innovation and cooking. So it's a wide open competition. It's running for two weeks. All entry fees are going to charity. 
charities will be designated by the areas in which the entrants come from. So you are encouraged to pay in and get collect for your area as much as possible. Gerard Murphy there of the Munster Agricultural Society announcing details of their virtual show this year. Well, a full list of the chosen charities will be published after the show. And as Gerard said, by participating in this new Cork Virtual Summer Show, you'll be supporting a charity in your local region. Competitions and the details of timings will be released as the show unfolds. Joining us now on Farm Talk is Edmund Curtin, Dairy Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. We're discussing grass and milk at this time. And I began by asking Edmund about grass growth and how it's looking in his area at the moment. Yeah, there's a good um, deficit at the moment there, Barry. We're talking about growth rates that falling back to kind of the low 30s to kind of early 40s in some farms in my area here in Cork City North, kind of covering from Inniscarra there, kind of over across the north of the city, taking Glenmire, Rectoff, Grenade, Whitechurch, all that speed. Talking about growth rates have come back a lot now, back to the kind of 30s and 40s there from guys I'm talking to there now that are measuring grass. Supplementary feeding is um, is coming in so that farm covers can uh, won't be eroded any further, you know. Um, we are recommending that guys uh, push up parlour feeding uh, on the back of that as growth, rate, as growth rates are only barely matching demand in some places with growth rates that they have at the moment. Um, most, most farms are feeling the pinch in the area. Some are okay, but the majority of them are feeling the pinch. And you know, the stock, the kind of two and a half to three livestock units are feeling feeling kind of tight now at the moment. Um, concentrate feeding rates have generally increased, as I say, um, on the back of that. Um, you're talking about probably going from, you know, around, I would say, an average of three kilos back up to kind of five or six. Um, whereas we'll say, like, anyone that's uh, running a farm at two and a half to three livestock units, they're kind of talking about um, having a growth rate. They need a growth rate there every week between uh, kind of like 40 and 50 to maintain that, to maintain to maintain supplementary rates. So on the back of that, we've been, we've, um, we've been ta- talking the last week about guys and advising them to basically increase them to, to cover the deficit, you know. And in terms of the rain that we've been looking for, I know we've been talking to people about the crops in the fields and that's, you know, what will the rain do for it now if we do get it? Uh, or will we get enough, which is uh, the worry, I think, even at the moment, particularly for tillage? That's it, you see. Like, I mean, we have side moisture deficits now at the moment down here. Um, you do need about, you do need anywhere between kind of an inch of rain to kind of uh, overcome that. Growth rates in the back of it are going to take about 10 to 12 days to recover after that. I mean, like, people have to basically supplement feeding in the in form of buffer feeding or concentrate feeding in the parlour for the next for the guts of a fortnight to basically, so they want you to down their average farm cover. Um, it is imperative that, cows, that, that uh, guys have covers between 14 and 1,600 kilos of dry matter of grass to hit the cows and basically try and supplement and match grass demand to grass supply on farms to be able to cater for it, you know. And is there that gap between grass and demand at the moment and how best can farmers bridge the forage gap? Yeah, like definitely the one thing that we're doing, if I take the example of a guy doing an average, we'll say 27, 28 litres, you're talking about the, the easiest thing and the most simplistic thing that a guy will do at the moment, he'd basically increase in the parlour. So what I'd be saying there is any guy that's doing kind of 27, 28 litres, um, He's taking in probably anywhere between 14, 15 kilos of dry matter of grass and supplementing with probably two to three kilos of feeding at that. Like, he will have to go to in around six kilos if he's demand. If he's only growing 40 kilos, he's going to have to grow that as his average farm demand is going to be 
uh, 40, 40 to 50 kilos uh, a day and his growth is only coming around that so for the meantime they want to be feeding at least that um, guys stock will say higher than that uh, but for feeding you want to be coming as well in the form of forage silage maize maybe beets something like that as well um, basically to cater for that um, but like that parlour feeding seems to be the most simplistic way of covering that at the moment for a shot which we would hope would be a short term period you know with the breeding season winding down, I would admit peak milk week has come and gone for many of the spring-based dairy farmers. So what's the general feeding advice for milkers at the moment? Yeah, I suppose if we take the leaving the a drought risk aside there, Barry, you're talking about basically the keeping the fundamentals of uh, grazing right at the moment. Basically maintaining grazing paddocks at between 14 and 1,600 kilos of dry matter, grazing down to 4 centimetres. Like basically walk your farm weekly and create a grass wedge um, Create a grass wedge for the week ahead, keeping our keeping our pre-grazing covers at where we'd like to be to maintain production. Um, like you're obviously going to have cows slipping back two percent a week at the moment, so it's to basically keep an eye on grass supply and, and grass demand to be able to cater for that. Um, if if things go do our way, and we have to, if it's the case, then we've excess grass, we need to be able to remove heavy covers as round bales or maybe un- receive unproductive pasture, take the opportunities to do it. Um, and basically maintaining the back of that. If you keep our pre-gazing cover between fourteen and 1,600 kilos, like if you can keep covers at that, supplementing with like the likes of maybe um, a kilo and a half will maintain 26, 27 metres. If cows are falling back to 24 and 5, which is more where they're heading to now, grass will support a lot of that with a kilo and a half a meal. Now, how best is it to approach keeping milk solids up over the summer months, Edmund? What's an acceptable level for milk to reduce week to week from now on? Like basically, like to maintain your solids going forward is keeping is all about keeping grass supply and grass quality uh, at the forefront of decisions that are made weekly. Basically, matter concentrates or grass. There's no point in feeding concentrates at the expense of grass, which a cow might eat, and there's no point in feeding concentrates at the expense of a cow and yield either. So basically, what I'd be making feeding decisions and there is keeping one eye on production, in other words, yield and protein and solids, but keeping the other eye on graze out. There's no point in feeding concentrates at the same time and letting grass quality. Uh, go out the window, you know. Edmund Curtin, Dairy Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has advised that notifications for the preliminary checks under the 2020 Basic Payment Scheme, BPS, are now issuing to farmers. These notifications are issued where the department finds a problem such as an overclaim, an overlap or a dual claim on the farmer's 2020 BPS application form. The notification allows the farmer the opportunity to rectify these issues without any penalty. Where a farmer or an agent receives such a notification, they should log on to the following www.agfood.ie or lowercase and respond before the closing date of June 19th, 2020. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 